You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Harrison Leonard. Harrison is a kicker for Notre Dame football, and he is also an entrepreneur that started Our Playbook, uh, him and his team, and it tackles NIL, name image likeness, and this episode brought to you by Martin Supermarkets. Check them out for Notre Dame football. They have great spreads every game weekend. Um, They have great events coming up. You can check them out at Martin's Markets. They always have giveaways. Uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful supermarket. We cannot thank them enough for sponsoring this podcast and enjoy this episode with Harrison. Harrison, what's up? It's great to be here. Thank uh, Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to on here and just talk a little with you we're excited to have you um so we've known each other for a while you you got into the nil game and we'll get into that i think it was through you were doing stuff through augie's locker room right yeah so we started off with augie's locker room that was the first sponsorship that we ever did and augie's locker room was great and we saw all the walk-ons on the football team and everyone received payment for it and produced some really cool content and everyone really loved the experience. And ever since then, Augie's locker room has been filled with students across the campus. Augie's is off. Did you mostly deal with Big Jim or Kyle, the son? A majority, pretty much both. Okay. Um, they're intera- awesome. Yeah, interacted with both. I mean, they're both amazing people. Most caring, caring family out yeah. there. It's just, can't say enough about them. Um, I So I imagine you've, you've kind of taken the ball and run with it on the NIL side. Um, and I think the smart business minds are, are the ones doing that because there's still a ton of untapped potential. How, but when you, so you are, this was your, you just finished your what year with Notre Dame football? How many years you been on the team? So I just finished my junior year. So when you first came in and NIL was not a thing. No, no. Was it weird to make that mental switch from like someone offers to pay for my McDonald's when I'm out, I can't take them up on it to now like, Hey, we can pay to help promote your business. Like, was that a was that a big mental hurdle to jump? Um, I'd say it was more before nil. It was kind of almost scary. Mm-hmm. Like you'd go out to you'd go out to eat, and maybe you recognize someone, maybe a family friend or anything like that, and then maybe they'd offer to buy you lunch just because you're a family friend, and you'd be worried about breaking up <laughs> yep. or something yep. as simple as that, like. Everyone knows the story about the Nebraska guy. Like, you don't want to end up risking everything you work for your whole life over a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say it was mostly scary uh, to not get yourself in trouble. And now it's kind of a relief that you don't have to worry about that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say that that was probably the biggest hurdle. Not as much the paying to get to promote stuff on Instagram, paying to stuff like that i mean we always really were using in a sense using nil um before with each other in a way of like whenever i was in high school 
I, everyone would produce their huddle highlights. Yep. And then I'd go and I'd text the guys on my team, the most popular, like the highest recruit, and I'd be like, hey, go retweet my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a sense, that that's the same thing. Kind of the same community aspect. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's growing to followers. And it's like, it's not like NIL never existed. And it's just now people can get paid to do it. Yep. It's just like a lot of people think that it's this new thing and it's really not. It's just people's followers and just being able to advertise to them. Before we jump back into NIL um, and what you're specifically doing with it, let's talk a little football. Yeah. So you, what part of the country are you from? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. This is something I always like to ask. You end up, you're a division one football player. At what point in your life did it click that I think I can be a division one football player? Well, I mean, I grew up loving baseball. Okay. I grew up, that was the sport I loved. That was the sport I played most. Every weekend was just like five games, four games in those tournaments, doubleheaders. I never played football until high school. So growing up, I never really had dreams of playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it really only clicked freshman year once I started started playing. I was like, oh, this is like pretty cool. Just going around, like kicking, like it worked out pretty well. Did you do kicking from the jump? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kicked my freshman year. It went pretty well. I just did the kickoffs for the varsity team. Um, and then my junior year, I did uh, – I was the backup quarterback as well. And our our starter, Tyson Pumachan, like, he went to – he was going to Clemson. Like, he was one of the top dual quarterbacks in the country. So, like, we were blowing teams out by 40 points, and I was feeling comfortable. Like, I'd never have to go in. <laughs> But then we got 40, and they put me in. And then we'd put in all of our twos. And then the other team would leave their ones in. So you had the backup offensive line, too. Exactly. Going against their Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. You, yeah. Getting nailed is the best feeling. It's, it's <laughs> a, another thing I, that always, I think, blows people's minds. Um, and we haven't mentioned it. You're a kicker. A lot of times the kickers played multiple positions in high school. And it's um, – with kickers not being on the field as much, like you walk into a room, like you're a big, thick athlete and people, I think just automatically assume be like, Oh, well the kicker isn't going to be like a big dude. But like you mentioned, you played quarterback, you walk in a room right now. It's pretty obvious. You're an athlete. Is that a stigma that usually kickers get off the, and I know on this team, like uh, even, even John, like he walks into a room like that dude's an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't look like a kicker. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I walk into practice and I walk anywhere in the facility and I feel like a midget. And then, but then you go into a normal room somewhere. I go to, somewhere. Class. I go to yeah. class and I was like, okay, all right, no, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. I fit in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say even more than fit in, like you walk into a normal class, like you look like you are a Division One athlete, but it's just in the locker room it could be a little bit different because oh, you have 6'5", yeah. 320, 330. Yeah, don't want to mess with those guys. Do you – um now when you're, when you're kicking on the football side, you are – your place kicker kickoff – do you have to get any reps on the punting side in case things go? Here's my big – basically, I just yeah. want to bring up a gripe with the NFL or whatever. Say in NFL, a kicker gets hurt in warm-ups, and the active roster is already set, he can't kick that day. How is it like the punter is completely inept at kicking? How, how is that a thing? Like, would you be able to hold your own punting? Yeah, I mean, I could do it. Like, I would always do, uh, like, Aussie punts. Like okay. I would do the Aussie ones just because, like, I'm a kicker. Maybe so you can at least get like it out there. Yeah. yeah, like, I could hit the Aussie punts. Like, I could hit a spiral one, but, like, punting's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is depressing. I don't I, – I respect all them that do it, but it's just 
hunting, you just go out there, you got the wind in your face, you're trying to hit a good ball down the field. It's just, you got the back against the wall. You have to time. have your head on a swivel. Oh, yeah. yeah. How? So why can't, why are the punters so bad at place kicking? Do they just never practice it? Um, I feel like the majority of the punters are like guys who are quarterback in high school. They're mm-hmm. guys with a big do, leg. Yeah, just big guys, like big athletes. We never played soccer. And kickers are. Did people. you play soccer? Yeah, so I played soccer. Is that how you out. knew you'd be a good kicker? Well, you never know you're going to be a good kicker. But you thought you <laughs> might be a good it, kicker? Yeah, I figured I could try it out. Um, one of the guys in my hometown, Nolan Cooney, he punted for Syracuse uh, last year. He punted at my, like at the local high school there. And basically, he was trying it out. And I was like, oh, I'll try it out. And then kind of went from there, went to a couple of camps, got ranked, and then. Tough process. What other schools other than Notre Dame did you consider? Well, the main school, I mean, I was really looking to go to college for baseball. Like, that was my. That was what my position goal. are you? I, I would have gone for a pitcher. Okay. Uh, but, like, in high school. I was you throw some heat? Uh, at times. Yeah. Are you a movement guy? I threw pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, no interest in trying out for the Notre Dame baseball team? Um, I talked with them earlier in the, uh, like, my freshman year. Mm hmm. And um, I talked with them more last year, but they had a full roster, and it's tough doing both. How how much yeah. did the acad- academic side of Notre Dame play a role in going to Notre Dame? Definitely a big part of it. Um, I think the biggest aspect is just the alumni. Yeah. Being able to like, be a part of such the 40 year decision alumni. instead yeah. of the four year decision? Exactly. Did- and you've, you've obviously taken the ball and run with it on the entrepreneurship side since you've been here. Mm-hmm. Did you know, like, coming into Notre Dame, you're like, I'm going to get into the entrepreneur side, I'm going to launch a business? Or did you get here and just got excited and caught up and it happened naturally? Like, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? No, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. What's I your mean, major? I'm a finance major. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was kind of funny. I would always ask my, like, mentor in high school, like, what do you think I'm going to do? And, like, he would never have a response. And basically from there, it just kind of developed. Mm-hmm. Over COVID, like we were working, doing, I was sanding the bottom of boats at this one company in town, uh, like the marina, and then we kind of found out how much they were charging for to do it. You're like that sounds that, like, that side sounds, sounds better. Good. So then my <laughs> brother and I put something up on Craigslist, just hey, we'll do this for this price, and we got so many hits, and we were just really? doing that all the time, making more in one day than we would make in a month working at the boatyard, and just from there, it just kind of clicked me. It was like, wow, there's a big difference between creating something versus doing, like, working for yep. someone. So from there, it was just like, like, I don't know, I couldn't go back. Speaking of creating something, so while you're at Notre Dame, NIL gets approved, yeah. and it drastically changes the landscape of collegiate athletics seemingly overnight. Yeah. And you, you now have our playbook, which is a big player in the NIL space. Tell us how that came to be. Yeah, so it was funny because Notre Dame was telling us that NIL was going to get approved by, it was around like August 1st or something. Mm-hmm. It was like a month later than it actually did. And then just all of a sudden, one day after practice, they come on, NIL is getting approved tonight. And we're like, oh boy, like wh- what does that mean? And, like, for us as a company, we're, like, we're planning on it being a month later. We yeah. thought we had more time, but then just kind of had to transition. And 
just go and get the ball rolling right away. And I, what I like, I know you have big grand plans for our playbook. I like that you started grassroots local. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, South Bend's a classic college town. There's, there's plenty of them across the country, and it's like South Bend's a medium-sized city. You have Notre Dame there, and then this massive brand of Notre Dame football that carries a ton of weight locally. And when when we linked up and talked, I mean, we were just like, local businesses aren't taking advantage of this NIL enough. The players are out there. They have all this brand equity. They have all this. They can give you brand awareness. People know who they are, and it's just not being taken advantage of. Is your main... Ob- I, maybe not even obstacle, like your main objective right now, is it basically just education in the area and letting these businesses know like, hey, these guys are here and available? Yeah, um, I'd say that's definitely an objective. Our main objective will always be in providing the be- like opportunities for these athletes. Mm-hmm. Like Our main goal out of this is to create an experience for these athletes to find opportunities where they can grow their brand because we are an a company that's created by athletes for athletes. And in terms of talking to companies and having them understand the value of it, I think it it goes further than just in this area, for especially for local businesses here. The statistic is 83% of Instagram users turn to Instagram to find something new. Wow. So if you're a local business in the area and you're not having like students coming in the store and there's nothing on social media, you have to find a way to attract Gen Z. You have to find these new millennials. And the only way, unless you go on campus and hand paper out to every single one. Which will get you in some hot water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, that's not going to happen. The only way to do it is to go through social media. Mm -hmm. And everyone, everyone's seeing that. Like, right now the trends is – Digital marketing is going through the roof. Print advertising is going like here and that. down at like the exact here that. <laughs> same pace. Yep. So it's just mirroring each other. And imagine if you could get the most popular kid on campus to advertise your brand, promote some type of event about your business. Like, it's a win-win. And it's what I like that our, our playbook does really well, too, is the opportunities are always going to be there for the Kyle Hamiltons. Um, yeah. Whichever the most recent Mabry girls playing Notre Dame basketball, Mabry's a very well-known name here. Mm-hmm. They've all gone here. Opportunities will always be there for her. Yeah, you're getting everybody involved, yeah. and and there's huge opportunity in whether it's having the offensive line do something, whether whether it's having the women's volleyball team do something. Mm-hmm. You make sure that everybody gets a piece of the pie. Has that been something that's been very intentional since day one? Yeah, super intentional. I mean, I'm a I'm a kicker, I'm mm-hmm. a starting quarterback. I know I know my place. Like, I know if I didn't create this company, I wouldn't have been able to interact with these companies. I wouldn't be able to find the opportunities. But since then, I've been able to like provide these opportunities for my friends and my teammates to be able to. And that will always be the goal. I really want to use this opportunity to help out the D three athletes, help mm-hmm. out the D two athletes, help out pretty much any any athlete out there. And eventually, we want to we want to get to high school as well. There's just so many athletes out there. There's such a big opportunity. And if you're a company I'd, and you're looking for athletes, I'd say don't get caught up in the followers. Because if you get caught up in the followers, sometimes the followers don't exactly reflect the amount of viewers that they're getting. Done a and lot what are you trying to do? Like, what is your goal? Exactly. And, and we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I have a company that uh, does like basketball camps in the summer. And like for me, let's say, um, let's say Prentice Hub has 15x the followers as someone like JR does. But you know what? JR's from here. Exactly. JR's homegrown. He has eyeballs here. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, you can look at him and be like, hey, that would be, if you get caught up in the follower count, you'll be like, eh, let's just go this way. But what's going to drive what you're trying to do? Because even if you're a business hitting up Harrison and are like, hey, we want to we take advantage of this. We want to work out a partnership. You still want to see results. And what's yeah. the best way about going to see the results? Um, so I, you just got to be smart about it. Yeah, engagement. engagement. Engagement's at all. Like with our, the sponsorship we did with Iconic, I'm not going to mention any names, but some of the guys had 15,000 followers, had 20,000 followers, but some of the guys with 1,500 followers got more views, got more likes, got more sales. And that and that's what you're like in digital marketing. Exactly. Clients hate hearing, fake like followers. don't don't tell me impressions. Yeah, or yeah, fake followers is a big thing. Like don't tell me how many impressions it got. I don't care how many impressions it got. Yeah. What was the engagement? Yeah. How many conversions? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're you recognize the yeah. difference up front. You can better educate these business owners when they come to you and yeah. say, "Hey, we want this." You can actually give them a tailor made the best solution rather than being like, "Oh yeah, th- this dude will do it for you hundred bucks." Go exactly. And I can go on. I can go on Google right now and buy 5,000 followers for 20 bucks. Yep. So if you're getting caught up in the followers, you're going to get yourself And people in do it. Oh, people yeah, do people it all do the it. time. And that's what, um, that's what we're really excited about the launch of our website because we're actually going to be able to tracking that. It's going to be able to show. You can audit like follower counts? Exactly. That's You're going to be able to see all the followers. You're going to be able to see the average likes, comments, engagement, views. Link, that's huge. Link clicks. So... We're going to have it. We're really excited about our launch. So when that comes out, it's really going to be helpful for business owners just to understand exactly what they're getting out of it. Have you kind of become the plug for the football team where it's like, we're, I want to go out this week and I could use a little extra in the Venmo. <laughs> Let's see what Harrison, if he has any opportunities available. Has that happened yet? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens a good amount. And it's not just here. Um, like, I have guys texting me from UPenn. I got guys texting me from Clemson, from Florida, from all these places. And they're just asking, not just saying like, hey, do you have any companies for me? But they're saying like, hey, how do I go about finding mm-hmm. and communicating to these companies about my value and improve my my stock in the NIL space? And that's been a that's pretty much been my favorite part because I love like giving back, interacting with them and actually providing real value. Like that's the biggest reward out of all of this. And it and it sounds like your mission is while like someone like Kyle Hamilton, you you would obviously help him if he wanted something, oh, of course. but he's, it's going to come for him. Yeah. Like he's going to be all right. But you know, maybe some of the other guys and some of the other girls, whether it's women's basketball, volleyball, or guys on a baseball team, you're making sure that they are being fully taken care of. And it like, that's what I think business owners. And, and we certainly try to tell our clients like, take advantage of this because once NIL, I would you agree NIL is still in its infancy as far as like 100%. how these guys, these, these guys and girls are only going to get more expensive. Like, Oh my God. It's only going to go up you from here. People to post for 25, 50 yeah. bucks. And, and I think in a few years that, that, that won't be a oh, thing. You're done. That's unheard of. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unheard of. The average price for a typical influencer on Instagram is 174 bucks. Wow. And you can get an athlete influencer. And are you guys say uh, say a business owner hits you up, and they're like, "We have a decent sized business in town. We have a few locations. We'd like to use uh, a basketball player for a few." 
Are you pretty transparent up front about what it will cost and like what the expectations are? Yeah, we always just leave the leave the opportunity, the price to the athletes. Pretty much just allow them. We really want it to be about them. We're just a connection service where we want to kind of get to be a broker a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. We want we want to provide the opportunities, and I'm not gonna sit down and tell an athlete what he's worth. I don't have that right. I'm not gonna go and tell you, hey, you're worth 25. You're worth 75. I'm going to always tell them, hey, whatever you feel comfortable in posting is what you're worth. And maybe now, they'll ask you on a follow-up and you can say, well, here's maybe what the last couple people did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they always ask. They're like, well, what do people normally charge? And then that's when statistics and other stuff come into it. And you can just be like, hey, this is what the the average college athlete around your follower rank is, is charging. But at the end of the day, you could be an athlete that – you could be a wide receiver right now. You could be, say, like a fifth string, and you know that you're gonna you're gonna do really good things in your career. Now, you might not take an offer for a low amount if you think you're really gonna like skyrocket. Now, for M- companies, that's maybe also a huge maybe you were maybe you were a five star freshman. Exactly. You redshirted, yeah, and. Well, they're like, well, that dude didn't even play. Like, yeah, we'll watch next year. Yeah, and you can price yourself accordingly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, and that's and that's the big part I feel with Instagram stories, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not up there forever. Um, has the link being able to add links has that helped? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's been pretty huge, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, especially for companies like if you're selling stuff online or if you just want to track anything. Use unique links. Mm-hmm. Unique links, because then you can exactly track like what you're getting from that Instagram user. Because we like to tie day, a contact form to them too. So not only will it redirect them to a unique landing, that contact, and it's not a surface level landing. It's only unique to say that influencer, yeah. and then the contact form there is only unique to that influencer. Yeah. At the end of the month, you have a pretty black and white ROI at that point. You can say, "Hey, the influencer brought this. It made me this much money. I paid the influencer this." Pretty good deal for me. Exactly. Yeah, you want to be able to see. I mean, I've talked to so many companies that they advertise and they have no idea what they're getting out of it. Oh, yeah. A lot of Especially the big companies. Like, super big companies out there, they're like, you start talking to them about exactly, like, what they're getting, like, asking them these questions, and they're like, we're just doing it. They justify it as, well, it's brand awareness. We're just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, some brands, especially with professional athletes, like, they'll just pay them ridiculous amount of money. Now, what's that professional athlete getting you is they're getting you a huge, like, brand recognition. Like, you're going to be able to say, hey, I have this professional athlete. But I'd say the biggest opportunity with NIL, like, instead of paying a professional athlete $500,000, how far would that $500,000 go in the NIL space? How many views and how many actual new customers would you get? Because if you could pay someone who gets you 1,000 views, you pay them 50 bucks. And say that professional athlete gets you twenty thousand views per their post or something like that. If you're paying five hundred thousand like a year, like you could go with like I don't know, say like hundred, hundred, five hundred influencers, and mm-hmm. you can you can literally double the amount of profit or just the like success of the campaign in like a day. Yep, which is just astonishing, and that's the biggest part of nil. One thing I track is when when South Bend produces, like, homegrown talent. Like, I think in the NIL space, that's still really underutilized. Say, um, um, Logan Diggs, he's from, like, Louisiana, right? Yeah. Somewhere in Louisiana. If 
you are a business in that Louisiana city that produced Logan Diggs, and he is now next year starting running back at Notre Dame. And a simple post of him being like, anytime I go home to whatever city this is in Louisiana, I make sure to eat lunch wherever. That is so powerful. Yeah. 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 It's so powerful. And it's like, that's what, if, if there is a market inefficiency right now, I think that's what it is. It's these guys that are at big time programs, where did they come from? And to use that to your, to your advantage. Yeah. And you know what the biggest thing that we're seeing right now is Snapchat. Yeah, really. And so pumping again. Businesses are all over Snapchat. Some influencers are getting paid 10000 a day just on Snapchat because you don't have to worry about fake followers. Yep. You don't have to worry about anything. Those followers, it's just like your contact list in your phone, mm-hmm. but you're just right directly to them. Like Snapchat is probably, it's going to be huge. And if you're a business, get on it like as soon as possible because good to know every company's going after it um do 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 athletes ever come to you with a request for like a type of it like offensive line be like hey we kind of like this pizza is there any chance you could uh round all us up so, yeah all the time like there's always guys especially the local guys that just have places that they love like paul Mawala, like guys like that like he'll always Hey, I love this place. I love this wing, wings place. I love this. Get whatever. me the hookup. Yeah, yeah, like you know anyone there? I was like, oh, like, let me see what I can do. I'll, I'll see if I can get something together, and sometimes it works. So <laughs> at this point, what is in it for our playbook? Like, is it um, a cameo situation where it's a small fee go to you? Like, I know you're doing it because you want to do right by the athletes, and it's by athletes for athletes. But at the end of the day, like, it has to be worth your time too. So, like, what is it on that end of the side, that side of the table for you all? In terms of... Like, how do you make money as a company? How do we make money? So, we make money off... The ex- so, it's an exclusive platform. Okay. When you think about it. Like, these college athletes, you, there's nowhere you can go to get an exclusive platform just to college athletes. Yep. Um, there is a number of ways that we're going to go about making money, but we really want to focus in on providing the most value first. And the best way that we feel in doing that is a subscription base on the front end to access our exclusive database. Mm -hmm. Um, We think that's a huge opportunity because companies are going to be able to, not just cameos, they're going to be able to say pretty much do anything that they want. It's just a connection service. But some of the biggest things that we've seen is product feedback. How good is your product and what, is Gen Z, what are these athletes thinking of your product right now? Because it's really important to understand about how people feel about it and know where your brand is known. Mm -hmm. Because these guys right now, they may be college athletes, but 99% of them aren't going to go play professional. Yep. And once those four years are up, they're not going to be getting free clothes anymore. They're going to have to go buy clothes. Mm -hmm. And they're going to look to the ones that they know the best. And that's like the biggest opportunity. And then you're not just getting a customer for a short term. You're getting a customer for life. I like it. So you are, and it It sounds like producing revenue is not really at top of mind right now. You more so just want to have we a good. You always want to make money. But, yeah. but it sounds like you are more focused on this service needs to actually be of service. Exactly. Like it needs to be something. Always need to provide value. Yeah. People like, um, people want to use, and then the rest will take care of itself. How big is how big is the team? Our, our personal team? Yep. So right now we're working with about three, uh, three, three people. Um, J- 
Gil Delorio is my partner, and then uh, Ben Delacono, he's a baseball player at the College of Holy Cross, and Jill, my partner, she's been great, like, huge mentor, and just throughout all of this, been amazing. She was SVP Marketing and Sales at Tom Shoes, and grew them, like, from the ground up, and... That's nice to have on the resume. <laughs> Not just the resume, but to learn from. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing, and in terms of the team, like... I'm just like really excited because we're providing, we're, we just launched a program. We're going to have 10 interns of just strictly college athletes um, get an internship with us throughout the summer, regardless of if they're practicing throughout the day. Um, that's something that's also really important to me because 60% of college athletes never get real work experience before they graduate. Wow. That's 330,000 athletes. Wow. You now imagine if you're a local business or any business who can add an extra sales member, mm -hmm. add an extra anything, just for maybe a couple of hours a week that could provide huge value, who in maybe two, three years would cost $100,000 a year. Yep. Like that is a huge opportunity. And I think it's just, it's, it's a big problem that goes on in the athletic space because like guys on the team will come up to me and they'll be like, hey, like, you know anyone in the private equity world? You know anyone in this? Like, Everyone knows that they're going to be able to do it once they get there, but they just don't, like, you feel that feeling. It's like, oh, like, I don't really know what I'm doing in this. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't done any work before. And you don't really build out the network you would if you're a typical student doing internships and learning and working. It's just, that's a major problem in the athletic space. So what's the big picture view? Is it multiple schools all over the country, and you said eventually trickle down all the way to high school students? Yeah, we just, big picture, we want to be athletes linked in. Mm -hmm. be, uh, that, that's a nice pitch yeah, yeah. that'd be nice that's uh it doesn't uh, big picture i don't want to be just for current athletes i want it to be for everyone i want to be for former athletes i want to be and it's and i want it not to just be a sponsorship program like i think there's so much value in other things as well there's huge value in sponsorships like such a big opportunity to grow your brand but also in the networking space like that is that is huge love it can you plug away where people can find you social media um if there's a business owner listening right now that wants to hire some talent how they could go about it basically rattle it off yeah no um pretty much all of our social media accounts are the same it's at our playbook but it's at our underscore underscore playbook um just reach out to us there Feel free to email me, Harrison, at ourplaybook.com. Love to answer any questions, even if you're just looking to learn more. Learn what you can and can't do in the NIL space. There are some rules. There are some things you, you can do. And then it's always good just to learn as much as possible. Um, Is there one rule that stands out that people probably don't know about that is made? Because I think now... And you might be a little removed from this, being a D1 athlete, being on campus. I think most people think the NIL at this point is just a wild, They're, wild west. The craziest rule that I think needs to fix, and it's not going to be – it's not a problem with NCA. It's not a problem with Notre Dame. It's not a problem with any schools. It's international students can't do anything. Wait, really? Can't. Really? Yeah. Wow. They're on a student visa. NIL would consider working, which would terminate their visa. Wow, that's crazy. So 
That's a huge one. Like, I mean, our fencing team just won another national championship. There's a lot of international students on that team. Wow. Yeah. so much value. The fencing team is amazing. Like, let me say, all my friends on the fencing team, like, these guys are amazing. They're such great guys. And That's some crazy hand-eye coordination. Fencing. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> I go to that, and I'm like, whoa. Like, and then you <laughs> see them in class, and you're like, you're like, you just, like, basically just had a sword fight and just killed a dude. And then, yeah. and then now you're just in class just, like, being And even, dude. like... Same thing with us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think people would look at you in football and be like, uh, you're not talking me. crazy? Not me. No, yeah. <laughs> the, the best line I always like for kickers is, hey, you've probably heard an old NFL exec coined it, kickers are like lawyers. Never appreciate them until you need a good one. Yeah. Then you really appreciate them. Even whenever, like, you do, it's like, good job. Yeah. It's like, you it's hit like the, all right, we'll celebrate. It's, yeah. um, with, do you have... Getting back to football here. Do you have, like, a favorite professional kicker? Uh, Gus- I really like um, Guskowski. I mean, I'm from – Yeah. I've kicked with him a couple of times just because he lived, like, right down the street. Really? He had a summer place right down the street. Um, So, like, I hit, I kicked with him a couple of times. He's, he's the coolest dude ever. Like, I mean, he was similar in the way, like, he was a baseball player. I mean, he was playing a baseball game or something. The story of him getting drafted was, like, he was playing a baseball game and, like, the whole entire – dugout just erupted and the coach was like why and the team was like you know steven skowski just got drafted really and yeah that's I, cool so like learning from him and like he pretty much like when i was talking to him i was like oh like what do you like what do you go what goes through your head like kickers are very much three steps back like two over like measuring the amount like the distance from the ball to your foot like being the same every time and it's like unheard of to be any other way and when I was talking to him, I was like, oh, like, what do you do whenever you're kicking in the wind? He's like, oh, when I'm kicking in the wind, I just take a nice step forward. And then he's like, when I'm kicking, like, with the wind, I take a step back. And, like, if you talk to any kicking coach, like, they'll have a heart attack. <laughs> they'll have a heart attack. It's, do you, icing the kicker, does it work? Or does it depend on, a ki- uh, for some kickers, I mean, it maybe? it does. I mean, have you heard, do you know the story about why that started Mm-mm. when i said it it was because like back in the day when the kickers used to kick shoe like without shoes they'd call a timeout and the kickers would have to stand in the snow so like, it was literally icing yeah the kicker. literally yeah. icing because they'd have to stand barefooted in the snow okay so like that's just a fun fact to learn about i like that modern day does it is it now it's just head games right now it's just head i mean like ever, anyone can imagine it's just like Call timeout. It's okay, it's a free throw shooter. Say, yeah, say you just got the kickoff and like, man, you shank that. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, you'd be lying if you said it's not in your head. So here's it's be in your head. here's what I as a fan and when you had KJ through NIL, you had KJ come in for a show and we I ran through some D back questions with him. I have a kick, kicker question. Say you're you're lining up to kick. You're down two. You have a forty five yard field goal coming up. Um, the other coach, let's say it's Dabo. Dabo has one timeout in his pocket. I think, as an idiot fan that doesn't know anything, I think it's better for Dabo to keep that pocketed because then in your mind, you don't know if he's going to call timeout or not. Do you agree? Whereas if he uses it, you know the next kick, like, okay, this is my kick. Yeah, I mean. Or that way overthinking it. Way overthinking (laughs) it. Okay. (laughs) You could just say that. (laughs) No, yeah. I mean, when you're going into, like, a game-winning kick or anything like that, like, you got a nice stomach stomach you got nothing going through your brain like the only thing going through your brain is just like 
I don't even know. You know pretty shortly after it leaves your foot if it's good oh, or not. Oh, yeah, you know right away. Yeah. Well, depending. Like <laughs> There was one kick. The Chiefs kicker, was it this year? Or the Bengals yeah, kicker. Yeah. It was that Bengals kicker who was yeah. awesome. He yeah, uh yeah. he started celebrating. It was and against the Chiefs, yeah. yeah. And so sometimes with wind, like that's the big thing. Like we're playing, we're warming up for the game in uh, Chicago against Wisconsin, and like it was so windy, and like it was like a miracle if any like if anything went in. Like, oh, I do remember just, that now. Like yeah. oh my god, like I was warming up and I was like, All right, I gotta stop kicking before I hit someone in the stands. Is that something like? Either coach or OC before the game will be like, hey, if it's fourth yeah. and three from inside the 20, we're probably going to go for it. Like, are you yeah. guys made aware of that? Yeah, yeah, everything's aware. Yeah. Like, everything, you have to take all that into account. And, like, another weird thing about stadiums is you'll see the flags, especially as a kicker. Like, you always got to look at the the pylons and see those flags. But, like, well, at least that's what most people say. But there's no point because those flags aren't real. Like, Not they at don't the same level. Well, they're at the same level, but you'll look at those flags, and then the ones you really want to look at are the ones up top, like the American flag or wherever ones are up there. So not the ones on top of the goalposts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because those ones will be going a completely different direction. Like, that's the best. That's the you know, worst part about South uh, playing in South Bend is, like, <laughs> the one flag will be going this way, and the other one will be going the complete opposite, and, like, they'll just switch every 10 minutes. They'll just keep going. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it's fun. Did you be, did you believe the story that Burrow told about the Bengals kicker when uh, he went and he left the net and he said, "Looks like we're going to the Super Bowl, boys." When he went as a kicker, it. that's kind of superstitious, isn't it? I believe it. I mean, <laughs> I went to a bunch of camps with him when I was younger because he's only one. He's only one year older than me. He doesn't lack for confidence. He did. He's a very like. When I met him, he was a very. He wasn't like a cocky kid. Like it wasn't like he was coming off as like way too confident but he was more of like a quiet kid who just like did his business and like you could kind of tell he's like that type of guy who's not messing around what's uh i assume it'd be practiced longest field goal you've ever hit and then answer the same thing for like john oh john can hit from so far i don't i don't even know his furthest but i'm sure he's been like 65 plus i don't know what mine is but i mean everyone can get out there and kick on the windiest day ever yeah like oh yeah yeah yeah. And you then go out like, on I the windiest yeah. day ever, but like if you go kicking an indoor, well depending on the indoor place. Like if you go kick in Dallas, you can really hit it far. I don't know what it is. Or about Denver that place. Well yeah, it's get not that cold. <laughs> um, do you think in the next two years we'll see a seventy-yard field goal in the NFL? Um, I think we just saw what a 65, 66, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think or? we might in like a garbage time. Okay. Or from like a team that's not in it. So when dudes are like, oh, in practice, I hit from 70 in the NFL, that's not a lie? You think they are actually hitting from 70 like in practice? In the, the, yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they are. But it's a lot different having a snap and a hold and actually being in a game situation. Like, there's just so much that can go wrong. Like, so when you, you guys warm up, stick. you usually just put it on the on like yeah, the stick rather than – you have it on the stick, it's just like – it's just like you're setting it up on a tee just when you're in a tee ball. Like in baseball, it's like you put it perfectly just as you want it. So many more winning moving parts. You said punting can be a little soul crushing. I know you like kicking field goals. What's your thoughts on kicking off? I mean, I I like it. Um, a little different with college because of all the fair catches, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't really worry about that as much. I think kicking off can be equally as depressing, especially if you, get, <laughs> if you get in the wind. Like if you, there's nothing worse than like kicking into the wind. Unless if you hit a good ball, then it's like, wow, I feel pretty good about myself. I just hit that pretty good. Here's my last kicker question. The science and art of an onside kick. 
How often do you practice it? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you practice too much. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. It's like it's fun. Like it's like you're just going out messing around. Then you wake up the next day. You're like sore as heck. Like you kick way too many of them. Like there's so many different types. Um, is most most common like what what you guys try? To, is it the like basically short hop it and then get that sky? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, my favorite one is the you line up as if you're hitting it deep and you just nail it right at the guy in the front line. That's why I think part of my take always says that they're like, why don't kickers just I put it off f- dude's face mask? Yeah, they would always like there were some teams that did it against us, so like I would always be hitting the kickoffs to like the returners. So anytime like they would have that, they'd be like, all right, don't say anything, but nail this right at the guy. I was so close from nailing the guy. I mean, I would have felt a little bad, but. Whether it's been at Notre Dame or in high school, how often do you get the, we can't let this returner get his hands on the ball? And then does that get in your head more than more than it should? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's probably more of a high school thing. Yeah, no, like we definitely have problems, but it's huge problem punt. Punt's huge on that. You like don't want. Kickoff is like. It's not a matter of, like, we can't let the kickoff. Like, if we had a bad return team, maybe that would be more of a problem. But, like, we have a good return team. It's more of a we got to have ball at least, like, certain hang times, certain yards deep in the end zone every time. Like, if if you do your job, you're just getting it five yards deep, like, 4-0 hang time every time. Awesome. I think that covers my kicker question. So, now I've gotten kicker questions with you. I've got my DB questions with KJ. or uh, So, I – I, I feel like we're uh, feel like we're getting there. I'm getting all my stupid fan questions out that I can. <laughs> my biggest issue with him on DBs, I was like, no, why don't you dudes ever look for the ball? You just put your arms up. They turn up. He's like, oh, we do. But I know Saban teaches not to look for the ball. Um, do you guys ever get to hit and practice the kickers? No, like I don't know. Like they'll they'll make the long snappers go through and do the tackling circuit, but kickers not really. Like it's not worth it for us. Like we know, like when you're doing a kickoff and you get the chance to tackle somebody, do you like, get jacked up? Yeah, I mean, like, it's exciting, but, like, I don't know. Like, you don't really need to practice it. It's either it's going to happen. Like, if you're a kicker and you're you're either going to do it or not. Yeah. Like, you're just going to throw your body at them. You're either going to tackle them or you're not. There's no point of wasting <laughs> your time and maybe hurting <laughs> Or hurting your kicker. To yeah. practice, like, tackling. So you're screwed. You're going to yeah. be on the sports center and not top ten. <laughs> Or you're probably making top ten either top way. 10, yeah. yeah, you're either going to make the not top ten or the yeah, top ten because exactly. no one, they don't, fans don't like anything more than a kicker just laying wood and unloading on somebody. Or get well, no, it depends on the fan base. Or get or like getting crossed, like just eating it. How's it? Um, how's the last question before I let you go? How's it? Obviously, I had a coaching change going into the off season, uh, but you got to keep a familiar face. To run it with Coach Freeman. Yeah. How's everything been going with the with the new staff? Pretty much been business as usual. Yeah, I mean Coach Freeman's awesome. Like, Seems like such a nice guy. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. So I mean, he's seems like a popular uh, choice with the players too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh no, yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he's just such a nice guy. Like he just cares. He's a family man, and like I really liked Coach Kelly. I didn't I didn't have any problems with him, but I also like Coach Freeman. Yep. <laughs> Coach Kelly's decision. I mean, and and it's got to be it's got to be nice to have someone already on staff take the head job rather than you know someone new coming in and can be a little unsure. But uh, I think most fans are excited for the Freeman era. Seems like not only a good coach, seems like a great guy. Yeah, definitely a good guy. Awesome. So our playbook for NIL 
business owners, if you're listening, take advantage of this. Yep. Um, every sport is available yep. for like I was. I, I'm. I, I'm sure you brought him up because yeah. probably a lot of internationals. But if you're a fencing company, get some of the fencing team out. Like, it's, there's so many ways you can be creative yeah, about exactly. an ad campaign. Exactly, make it happen. If you're anything like, I mean, like we talked about in the past, like a moving company doing something with the yep. offensive line, like, or if you're a dig a company that digs and you want volleyball, if you do spike the drinks, do volleyball. Yeah. Like, there's so many ways you can tie it in. And if you're like a like a modeling company, there's so many. People that there's so many athletes on campus. There's also people on campus who aren't even athletes. Who yep. Like there's such a big opportunity, and I just think that it's mainly because of the gap. There's a small gap between like I feel like the business owners in town and the the students, and I think just pretty much forgetting all of that and just going at it head yep. first and attacking the industry is going to be huge. Hopefully this podcast served us some education, get some business owners rolling, and thank you for your time, Harrison. Loved it. Thank you for having me. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.